Before I begin my lesson, we do have uh, one thing to note. Um, please keep in your prayers uh, the Bennett family. They are members at the White House uh, congregation, the White House Church of Christ. Uh, they lost uh, their granddaughter over the past weekend, and so do keep that family in your prayers. I believe the funeral is tomorrow, um, Brother Mike told me earlier, so uh, keep that good family in your prayers, please. Glad you're here tonight. I'm hungry, so we'll eat pretty quick, I think. But no, I hope you stay. I hope you stay for our uh, meal this evening, and I hope you'll stay for the fellowship and the food. Food's really good, too, so very glad you're here tonight. The Old Testament, as we know, was written for our learning. We'll read of this in Romans 15. We learn the history of the Jewish people. We learn about God and who He is and how He interacts with the world around us and with His children. We learn a great deal about God the Father. And He has taught us many wonderful lessons in some rather unusual ways. In the book of Hosea, the prophet Hosea was told to marry a harlot and to learn from that and to teach the children of Israel from what he experienced. Naaman, Naaman was told to dip in the Jordan to heal him of his leprosy, 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse 10. Moses was told to make a brazen serpent, a serpent, a bronze serpent it's sometimes called, Numbers chapter 21 verses 4 through 9, so that the people might be healed if they were bit by the actual live serpents that they were being plagued by. Ezekiel was told to lay on his left side for 390 days in Ezekiel chapter 4. In Ezekiel chapter 37 introduces us to another rather unusual lesson that God taught through the prophet Ezekiel. We read in chapter 37 of the valley of dry bones. If you would, please be turning to Ezekiel chapter 37. What sort of lessons can we learn from this miraculous account? From what happened when Ezekiel seemingly was preaching to a dry, barren valley that only had bones in it. The deceased of human remains is what filled up this valley. Well, in fact, we can glean several lessons from Ezekiel's experience. First off, let's read Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. I've been in a lot of valleys and on a lot of hikes, and I've found the occasional bone. Never found a human bone, thankfully. But this was something that Ezekiel was being faced with. He's in this valley, it was a, there was a battle that was there. The remains of all, I don't want to get too graphic, but they were dry bones. Let's suffice it to say at that point. There was a valley of dry bones and it was obviously a battle. He caused me to pass among them round about and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley and lo, they were very dry. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. So God asked Ezekiel, can these bones be raised up? Of course, the obvious answer might be to many of us, well, of course not, but who is he talking to? You see, we've got to remember that. And Ezekiel, he knew who he was talking to, 
And that's why He answered the way He did. Oh Lord God, You know. You know if they can be. Again He said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now I have preached to some sleepy crowds before, but I have never preached to a field of dry bones. But Ezekiel's going to do it, okay? Ezekiel's going to do it. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you that may come to life. I will put sinew on you, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you that you may come alive, and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. So it's a very descriptive passage here. As Ezekiel is preaching over these bones, you can hear, hear the rattling. You can hear them start to move and, and clash against one another. And that's what was going on here. And I looked, and behold, sinews were on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may come to life. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they came to life, and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up, and our hope has perished. We are completely cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves, and cause you to come up out of your graves, my people, and I will bring you to the land of Israel. You see, the Israelites felt as though their, their lives were over. They were done. They were finished. But God says, no, it's not done. He's doing this through the prophet Ezekiel. Then you will know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves and caused you to come up out of your graves, my people. I will put my spirit within you and you will come to life. And I will place you on your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it, declares the Lord. So he was taken into a valley of dead men's bones. And God asked him, could these live? And, and Ezekiel said, Lord, you know. Then he preached, and after preaching, he, he, he saw these, these bones come to life. And not only that, but sinew and flesh and muscle grew on them, and then he breathed into them, and they came back to life. Certainly an impossible thing as we view it, but certainly not an impossible thing with God. So let's talk about the lessons that we can learn from Ezekiel in his experience. First off, one needs to obey God regardless. Ezekiel's instruction did not seem to be a very rational thing to do, to speak to a valley. There's no one here. He couldn't even act as though he was speaking to somebody else. He was preaching to these dry bones. But God commanded it, and it needed to be obeyed. There are yet many commands that give people problems today because they seem to lack explanation. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 18 talks about the cross. For the word of the cross is foolishness 
to those who are perishing. So there are many today who, who don't obey God because they see the cross as foolishness. And they're perishing. They're perishing because of it. But what about those who are being saved? It is the power of God. And so we obey Jesus. So we obey Him because He died on that cross. We obey Him because God instructs us to. We obey Him because the Spirit breathed the Word of God so that we might have it today. That's why we obey. So we must obey regardless. Even when to some people it might seem foolish because to Ezekiel, I'm sure he, he had some doubt, at least a little bit. He's human. But he himself, we know, had a great deal of faith because he didn't stumble. He said, Lord God, you know if these can be brought back to life. And he was ready to be obedient. Well, the cross is foolish to many. The Lord's Supper is also foolish to many. Why would we do this? Why would we observe it? Well, we observe it because the one, before he died on that cross, instructed his disciples to do so, to observe it. When something is important, we, we don't want to forget it, do we? We don't want to forget it. We have, we have pictures on our phones. Those are important. We don't want to forget those particular moments. And so today, we continue to observe the Lord's Supper because Christ's death, burial, and resurrection was that important. It might be foolish to some, but we have been instructed to observe it, and so we must. Many people also view baptism as foolish. Acts chapter 2, even though we're, we're commanded throughout Scripture to be baptized, it is what saves us, according to, to Brother Peter, it is what saves us in that sense that we do it because God has commanded it. Because through Scripture, we are added to the body of Christ by that very act. Faith and grace and hearing and believing and remaining faithful, they're all important. But some people go to the extent of saying, yeah, you know, baptism is important, but let me tell you why it's not that important. Well, we don't want to leave things out of Scripture. We want to do those things that we are commanded. Ezekiel, he was told to preach to some dry bones, and he didn't bat an eye. We are told in Scripture to be baptized for the remission of our sins in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Those very people that day obeyed. They didn't wait. They went and did it right then. And if you are not a Christian, you need to be baptized this very evening so that you might be added to the body of Christ. This seems foolish to some, but read Scripture. See what it says for yourself. And know that it is through that very act that you come into contact with the blood of Jesus Christ. Jeremiah 10.23 says this, I know, O Lord, that a man's way is not in himself, nor is it in a man who walks to direct, him, to direct his steps. Jeremiah, the New Testament disciples, Ezekiel, they knew this verse. They understood it. It's not in a man who walks to direct his steps. Why? Because I want to follow God. I want to follow my Creator. I am here up here every Sunday because I want you to follow God. I want you to see His teachings. I want to, I want to make it clear up here. And I want you to follow those teachings so that you can live a better life and so that you can have an eternal home in heaven. You know, don't listen to me, listen to the Word of God. We can't direct our own steps. We must listen to what the Word says. 
Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And where did my verse go? And my thoughts than your... Oh, there it is. It's under my portfolio. Okay. Uh, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, when I'm in the presence of someone who is smarter than I am, which is quite often, I tend to listen to them very closely because I want to know what they have to say. And in this passage, you know, it is declaring that God is higher than us, and He is. Our Creator is higher than us. And we must listen to Him because of passages like this. So we need to obey God regardless. Also, the other lesson that Ezekiel learns and that we learn is that nothing is impossible with God. There is no hopelessness with Him at all. As dire as your life may seem from time to time, if you trust in God, He'll get you through those difficult times. Paul wrote, Paul preached from prison, and I don't know of a more hopeless place that some people might be, depending on why they're there, but we see that God can help us in our most trying of times. And we see this from Romans chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You know, Jesus came preaching to the Jews. He wanted to reach them. And then the chains were taken off. And the disciples went out and the apostles, they preached to everybody at that point. And Paul here is writing, he is saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Too many people are ashamed with it. and They, they paint God in a corner and they, they want to limit His power. Well, look at what He did with Paul. And I've seen him do amazing things with many people. Our bulletin board, our mission bulletin board out there, I was noticing earlier, there's a report there on the prison ministry. If there are people in this world whose lives need to be changed, it are those, it's those who are in prison. And so the ministry that Brother Adam Shepherd is in charge of, looking over that and, and having that uh, out there on the bulletin board is encouraging. It showed a lot of the people who were baptized because of that effort. They are not ashamed. They can hopefully see at this point how it is, uh, the gospel is something that can take them to greater and bigger places in their life throughout eternity. Acts chapter 22, verses 3 through 5, we see what Paul was done, what changed his life. And we've talked about that. So moving on, Ezekiel preached what he was told to preach. Very important thoughts here. I prophesied as I was commanded. When I'm up here, when others are up here, we are looking into the Word of God. We are are developing a lesson. We are writing things, gathering the thoughts so that they might be relayed out to all of you and so that you might take those lessons and apply them to your life. We don't get up here and preach just whatever we want to. You know, hope that we get inspiration while we're, while we're walking up here. You know, that's not what's happening. I'm just hoping I don't run into Jim or, or fall in these steps when I'm coming up. My lesson's already been developed. And that's what Ezekiel did. Ezekiel preached what he was told to preach. Ezekiel 37 and verse 7. I prophesied as I was commanded. And whenever we teach others, whenever we talk about our faith. Hopefully, we're, we're pulling from the Bible all the time. We're just pulling from it, 
laying it out there, you know, because it's hard to argue with the Bible. It's easy to argue with opinions. It's easy to argue and to destroy those things that were created by man. But Ezekiel knew and had faith in God. If I do what I'm told, if I preach what I was told to preach, then I can do those great things that God wants me to do. Even Jonah preached what he was told to preach. He was reluctant. He didn't particularly want to. But we read here, Arise, God told him, Go to Nineveh, the great city, and proclaim to it the proclamation which I am going to tell you. So Jonah arose and went. He started going before he even knew what he was going to, what he was going to say. But he goes and reluctantly preaches to the Ninevites. And what do they do? They come to God. They get out of that sinful life. And let, let's ask the question, would the same results have happened had they just preached whatever they wanted to preach? Had they preached what they wanted to? Something else? No, of course not. Because it would not be coming from God. It would not have the weight or the power of God to change a person's life. Ezekiel prophesied as he was commanded. Jonah reluctantly preached to the Ninevites what he was told. 2 Timothy 4 verses 1 through 5 teaches us to preach the Word. And 1 Peter 4 and verse 11 says, Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. That's right, respect up here is so important. That's why we honor this room as, as we do, is because there's important things that's being uttered. It, it's not in the pews, it's not in the walls, it's not. But these moments right here are important because whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. I am telling you what God long ago inspired the writers to put down and what they wanted people to know and understand and learn so that their life might be changed. That's pretty important. And it has a vast power to reach people and change them for the better if they would but see it. And hopefully they see the power in you. Hopefully your children see the power in the family that you live by and that you honor God with your life. But when I'm up here, I, I want to be respectful. I want to, be, I want to honor the Word of God because that's where it's coming from. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. I hope that what I'm laying out to you, you see it as the Word of God. It's not me. I'm just a man. I'm just a man. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fallible, but it is the Word of God that can bring strength to your life, they can bring clarity to your life. And I hope that you will follow it each and every day so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. What I was talking about earlier today was about those people who, who preach for their own honor, for their own glory. But when I or anyone, when Jim's up here leading singing, we're doing this so that in all things God will be glorified through Jesus Christ. Because He deserves the glory. He deserves the honor for us to think about and remember as we go about our daily lives. Christ died for me. And these words were inspired that I might live a good and holy life. And I need to give Him that honor. So when we're up here, when we're living our regular lives outside of here, we must tell others what we are told to tell them through the Scriptures and by the Word of God. Next, what we learn from Ezekiel is there is a need 
for self-examination. Could we be like those dead, dry bones of Ezekiel? Anytime you look to Scripture, you want to apply it to our lives today. What was going on then and how does it work today? And this is a, this is a big one. For there is definitely a need for self-examination. It was the Israelites that Paul was showing Ezekiel. They think they're dead. They, they, they think they have no chance. They think that their, their, their lives are just hopeless. But let me show you something, Ezekiel. Let me take these dry bones. Not, not somebody who died yesterday, but someone who, who was killed probably brutally and was dismembered and, and all the flesh is just, is just totally gone. The next step in the decaying process is that it returns completely to the earth. God brought that back. May we not be like those dead, dry bones. But let's live outwardly so that we can show God who we are, show others who we are, but, but not really be dead. We need to act as though we trust in God, for we do and have that faith in Him, and not be dead though on the inside. Revelation 3 and verse 1, to the angel of the church in Sardis write, He who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this, I know your deeds that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. May we not be that way. May we not be those dead, dry bones, but rather be what God has called us to be, alive in the Spirit, preaching the Word of God, self-examining at all times, so that we might work on ourselves spiritually and grow closer to Him. This is exactly the message that is needed today. If you're dead, you need to admit it. If you're alive, then and praise God and give Him the glory and help other people come out of those graves. Help other people stand up and not be dead, dry bones anymore. We need to remember what is taught in Revelation 2 and verse 5. Remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds you did at first or else I am coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. That's what we must always remember. We must remember where we were. We must repent. And then we must return to how we were originally. Perhaps early in your Christian life. Maybe during a good era in your life. Perhaps you're in a, a rocky place right now. A lot of people go through trying times and, and must endure that. But hopefully you can remember where you were. Repent of that. And then return back to God and start living a faithful Christian life once again. We today have a seemingly impossible task, much like that of Ezekiel. We have been told to preach the gospel of Christ to a dead world, to one that's, that's just so dry, one that doesn't have a, an inkling of what it is to, to know, to want to love Christ and to serve Him. They'd rather serve themselves. They'd rather be part of a lustful generation. They'd rather do and live as they please. And it's a tough job to go and preach to them. But we can do it. We can tell others about the love that God has for them. We can tell others about the love that we have for our fellow man here, for our brothers and sisters in Christ, for those who aren't Christians. We can tell others about that. That they might come here and, and learn about God and, and learn how to be alive in Him. And come out of that, that dead, dry state. If you're part of that group now and you're not a Christian, 
I hope you'll come forward this evening and let us baptize you. Let us add you to the body of Christ through baptism. Or if you are a Christian and you've fallen away, let us help you with that as well. Let us pray for you that you might get back on the right track again. Will you come now as we stand and sing?